Hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Welcome back to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast. Bree James here with you. And on this show, our guest is Raylene Knowles, who is the Chief Operations Officer of the Interactive Games and Entertainment Association. So she's been working in the gaming industry for over 20 years, and she is fiercely passionate and very skilled in building communities and fostering positive, lasting change via the sector. So today I'm going to talk to her about the new use of video games as medicine and the impact of screen time on children's mental health, because I don't know about in your household, but it certainly is a struggle to know whether you should be letting your kids have very much gaming time or not. So uh, I'm really interested to get into the show today with her. Now, remember to stay tuned for our weird, wacky and wonderful world of parenting segment, as we've found the perfect excuse for your child to give you a great massage without them knowing it, as well as a new way to slow your runaway toddler down with. And don't miss out on the top tip of the week. It's the perfect one for any of the green thumbs listening. I'm a bit of a brown thumb myself, uh, or perhaps those that wish to brush up on their gardening skills. So Yep, looking forward to learning that one myself. So let's get into today's show. So recently, the US Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, approved the very first prescription video game for kids with ADHD. So doctors in America are now able to prescribe this iPhone, iPad game for kids over the age of eight years old with ADHD. So what other games are out there? And is this something that could be coming a more common thing in the future? So let's get Raylene on Zoom to have a chat more about this interesting topic. It's time to get to class. So tell me, Raylene, how did you get into uh, working in the gaming industry? Because it's one that many children are aspiring to be in. So tell us, parents, how you got Um, into that one. I don't doubt it. And I think I'm the envy of uh, many of my kids' friends. But um, I actually did a commerce degree and I did a double major in marketing and management. And from there I went, my first job was in books and then I went to toys and I was working for Hasbro Toys at the time, and then they had a software division. So, you know, uh, CD were a thing then. So I just fell into that, if you like, and I've never looked back. So I think I've been in the industry now for about just over 20 years, 22 years, something like that. So, um, yeah, purely a, a product marketing role, and, and I've stuck with games the entire time. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So tell us what uh, the IGEA is, which is the Interactive Games and Entertainment Association's role in the sector, because what do you guys do? Yeah, well, look, I guess the best way to summarise us is we're the Peak Trade Association for video games in Australia and New Zealand. So we're a member-based company and a member-based organisation, I should say. So we represent our members range from, you know, Sony, PlayStation, Microsoft, Xbox, Nintendo, through to our smaller developers who make games here in Australia. And it's our job as a trade association to advocate and educate on behalf of the sector. Um, games can still be quite a misunderstood medium for whatever reason, even though we know the majority of Australians play. Um, it's our job to explain the sector, to, to um, explain some of the laws around it, and to make sure that our members can um, have, I guess, a thriving businesses you know so it's the biggest entertainment medium globally so it's our job to make sure they're able to succeed abroad it is um challenging as a parent of this generation to go you know do they play video games do they not you know um and you've got a constant 
um, fear that you're letting your children play too many video games or not enough or, you know, oh, my- and um, it's so challenging. It really is, and and that's a really common thing. And I think now more than ever, uh, you know, you know, with lockdowns and things like that that we've been having to experience, and you know, our sort of there's one of our roles is is to work with parents and to be able to educate them that there are tools out there uh, to help you manage um, your your playtime or your screen time or your family time, whatever that might be, um, you know. And and games really is just it's just another. It's just another entertainment medium that kids engage with these days. Like I think back to my own childhood, you know, you had you had TV, right? And it was free-to-air TV and you watched a show when the networks told you to watch that show, whereas now you've just got so many more options available to you. I can't think of the last time my kids watched TV. You know what I mean? They might watch Netflix or they might watch uh, Catch Up or something like that, but, you know, they do it on their own terms. They spend a lot of time on YouTube. They spend a lot of time gaming you know it's, it's just part of their I don't know I guess everyday lives so gamers are often treated as like a separate segment to society but they're, they're not really it's just it's just the way they pass their time you know as opposed to watching tv or, or you know going to the gym yeah it's just what they prefer to do with their free time so one of the things that i saw that excited me um Mm. and really intrigued me was there's um the u.s food and drug administration fda have just approved the first prescription video game for kids with adhd um that's just blown me away that how can a computer game actually be medicine for a child with adhd it's incredible isn't it it's it's incredible to think but you know there's quite a few examples of that um Games are a very engaging medium for kids and it's something that they're also used to doing. So this this game, as I understand understand it, was developed specifically um, and scientifically to work with kids with ADHD to help them improve improve their attention spans. So, you know, there's a lot of science that's behind the game. Uh, There's a lot of, there's been a lot of testing of that particular game. So, you know, obviously they've done their best to make it fun, to make it stimulating, to hold their attention. Um, They've worked out scientific, you know, timing. So if you play this game this amount of times, this this is the results that they've had. So I think um, we're starting to see quite a growth in that space. Is it's kind of games as medicine, or or games to account, you know, as a treatment plan as part of an overall other issue kids might be having. Um, you know, there's a real you know, sort of digital therapy, digital therapeutics is really a thing now, and they know that kids respond well to games. So that's the best treatment option. Um, We've seen in Australia, there's a couple of pretty good examples as well. Um, There's a company here in Sydney that made a game called Soundscouts. And it's an an app-based game that is used to test children's hearing. Now that has federal government approval. It's provided for free as as a diagnostic tool. Um, to test your kids' hearing. Now, it's a non-invasive test. Literally, kids are set up with an iPad. You play the game. If it detects that there's a hearing issue, it will forward, you know, recommend that you go and seek other treatments. So, you know, you go to a, whether it be a GP or an audiologist or an ENT, whatever it might be, it, it sets you on that treatment path already um it's a it's a non-invasive way for kids to get tested it's an engaging way they don't even realize they're here it's getting tested they're just playing a game you know what i mean and there's so many other benefits so and games are such rich immersive experience and they also have the ability to track and trace a lot of data that 
other tests don't. So you know what I mean? You can see how how you can get that information that then goes on to recommend, you know, how you move forward with that. So, you know, there's a there's another game that's going through FDA approval at the moment um, in the US and it's a, a technology company has partnered with Ubisoft, a big gaming company, to test lazy eye. Uh, and improve the treatment for lazy eyes. So it's a gaming experience that you wear glasses um, and how it gets both of your eyes working together. So rather than working around with a patch on your eye for however many hours a day, you can do this for a certain amount of time and, you know, arguably it can it can produce the same results. So, yeah, it's, I think we're going to see a lot more of it. And we've seen it in older people as well. We've seen some really interesting stuff. Absolutely incredible. I think that, you know, it's great to see some of these things are also happening if not originating in Australia as well. Oh yeah, there's a really big it's they're called serious games or applied games. It's quite a big uh and promising industry. So, you know, get you know, they people are using games because they're fun, they're engaging, they're immersive. People don't realise that they're being tested. <laughs> or, or, you know, you know what I mean? I think, you know, I remember when my kids had to do that hearing screening test, you know, going into a booth and big headphones, and that can be really intimidating for some kids. But absolutely. And you know, now more than ever, like we've seen the growth of telehealth and things like that. A lot of this stuff can be done in your own home environment. It can be done while you're driving your other kids to train. You know what I mean? It's it's a far more easy experience on you as parents. Absolutely, because it is challenging if, you, if your child is, you know, having issues to get all these tests done. So if you can do some of them yeah. in the comfort of your own home, um, the child is probably more likely to be uh, behaving the way that they would at home where you can see the problem as well. Because often, you know, you take them for this test, next thing, you know, they're not the same child. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it probably does, um, you know, improve the results. You know what I mean? We've even seen, there's a really good example that we came across. So, you know, we're talking about kids a lot here too, but games being used with older people as well. So, a couple of years ago, uh, Neuroscience Research Australia. Uh, we're working with multiple sclerosis or MS Australia. And um, I don't know if you've seen, you can get those games that are on a dance mat or you see them in the arcades, you know, you've got coming up on the screen, put your left foot on the pink arrow, put your right foot on the orange arrow. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a stepping type game. Anyway, they, um, they use this dance mat for people that have MS and they're able to do it at home. They slowed the music right down, but it improved their balance and coordination just by playing however many minutes a day and it stopped them having falls and that's a really you know when they have falls it can really I guess you know it takes away their confidence it can result in other injuries and that type of stuff it improves their balance and those outcomes so yeah you can sort of see it and they don't even acknowledge that they're playing a game yeah. they're just doing their daily exercises you know making sure that your score goes up and that type of thing so yeah it's, it's kind of it's very cool actually it's a lot it's fascinating this podcast is proudly brought to you by Good Start Early Learning. Good Start can nurture your little one right from the nursery through to kindergarten with the choices of a nine-hour, ten-hour or all-day session. Visit goodstart.org.au and inquire today. It is fascinating and I think, you know, we, we're becoming a culture now that likes things to be gamified. If it's not gamified, it's kind of boring. So, how are games helping kids follow and keeping up with school curriculum as well as building their mental resilience? Because there's quite a few things that you're mentioning there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, 
you know, they talk about digital natives, particularly kids these days. I don't, I don't know if they know any other way sometimes than to operate in a digital environment. And, and for many years now, um, games have been used in the classroom, whether it be reading eggs through the mathematics. They're, they're games and that's game-based technology. So, you know, you get rewarded when you get things right. If you fail, you go back and try again. You know what I mean? So, And there's a lot more in-depth games um, that go there that, or that can be used in that setting as well. Um, but again, it goes back to that, like game, games are quite intuitive for kids. You know, they don't, I don't know, if, you know, they just pick up and kind of intuitively know what to do. So I think, again, it instills a little bit of confidence rather than having somebody just talk at them. They're engaging. Um, and I think, you know, we talk about resilience as well. We've spoken to a lot of educators in our time over the course of the research that we've done. and. Um, they talk about games being a safe space for kids to fail. So, you know, if you do your mathematics and you get three out of ten, you go, oh, okay, I know what I did wrong. And then so you go back and do it again and you get six out of ten. And, and it doesn't impact anything. It doesn't impact the test result or anything like that. It just is a safe space for them to fail, practice, learn, move on, come back, get better. And, and that's the nature of any game as you think about it like you know you might be playing a, a driving game or a racing game and you crash into a wall so next time you go and play that game you know that wall's coming up so you know you might move your car over this way so it's just it they're just inherently um about improving you know what i mean improving your performance so there's been sort of you know that's a that's a really popular area that teachers focus on as well so so interesting because it is yeah. i guess as parents we do worry about you know, the guidelines to what's healthy and what's not healthy with gaming. So can you give us any insights into that one? Yeah, and look, the, the, there's a variety um, of information about, you know, what, what's right, wrong or indifferent. And I think sometimes you've just got to really do what works for you. You know, there, there's all sorts of screen guidelines out there, but they all go out the window in the time of a pandemic, don't they? Because if your kids are doing online learning, they're probably doing six hours a day already on the screen. You know, yes. what I mean. So, um, it, again, it all goes to that balance. And I think sometimes some of those guidelines were written in a time where kids weren't using technology as much as school. Um, you know, what we just sort of say is it's, it's again, like everything in life, it's all about balance. You wouldn't let your kids just play sport all the time or even one type of sport or, or do music all the time. You know what I mean? It's got to be a whole, a whole plethora. I think some of it's got to be quality over quantity. So... You know, where you do think, you know, oh, you work really well on this maths game, that'll improve your maths, that's great. But, hey, you want to go and play uh, Minecraft four hours, you know, it, it's whatever works for you. And, and it is challenging if that's what they're being prescribed to say, because that happens. Like, it absolutely happens. You know, you're seeing there's education versions of games now. So the kids might be working with another bunch of kids in their class to build something in Minecraft or create something in Minecraft. And, yeah, it's just um, it's just a totally different experience to when we were growing up, and you know, but they've also got to be digitally literate too, don't they? So yeah, absolutely. So, what about parents who've got children that want to be professional gamers in the future? Have you got any advice for parents? Yeah, navigating yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. sure. So, um, in terms of games as a career, I think it's really quite interesting the options that are available to kids now. So. Um, 
when you're talking about making a game, there's so many different skills required. So, you know, you can be a programmer, you can be an engineer, you can be an artist, you can be a concept artist, you can be a narrator, like a voiceover talent, you can do the music and sounds. You might work on the marketing of the game or, or the community strategy and things like that. So there's there's a, a lot of career options available. And, and it's funny, some of the studies we do, parents see that as a really kind of smart career choice um what's interesting now is a lot of the engines that you use to build games so games have kind of led this technology are the same sort of technology that's being used to make a film they're the same sort of technologies that are being used by architects to build and design you know whether it be buildings or whole cities or whatever it may be um, they're all using the same platform. So the skills that you get are transferable to other industries as well, um, which is, is it's actually really quite fascinating. Um, there's a lot of education options for kids out there in terms of, you know, what they can study post-school. But there's a lot of really great competitions and things like that that are run at a national level that encourage kids to build games. So uh, one, one group we we partner with this called the STEM Games Video Challenge. It's run annually, except this year because of COVID. Whereas kids, um, it's all different age groups. It starts from year five through to year 12. They might work either by themselves or with a group in the classroom to build a game. And then, you know, some one of the kids will be the programmer and one will be the marketer and one will be the designer and one will be the artist. So, you know what I mean? It gives them a little bit of practice in, in honing those skills and working with the team and seeing what it's like to enter the industry. So, yeah, you've got that option, which is, um, pretty, you know, I think exciting and, and relevant. Yeah, it's super exciting. Um, so you said so many different careers, but there is also yeah. one where gamers like are actually playing games and making a career Correct. as well, which is quite yeah. disturbing as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, we do we do read about those, you know, those kids that won, you know, X million dollars in a fortnight competition or whatever that might be. So yeah, you've got professional esports athletes. So that, uh, it's amazing. Esports is quite a, a big sector of the industry now uh, where you're seeing people play games uh, professionally and competitively. Um, and that's at a global level a lot of the times. Um, yeah, so, it, 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 again, that's really, really fascinating. I think it's probably like any sport in terms of, you know, the percentage that play that then go on to that really the high elite. level. Yeah. But, yeah, but it's also, it's also how kids spend a lot of their time watching these elite athletes as well and and what's really funny is um you know when we see them get to that elite level is um you know they might work with another team they've got psychologists on their team they've got dietitians on the team they've got nutritionists on the team they've got physiotherapists so so those they're being coached in the same way or a very similar way to any other sport so again like they're not just playing video games 23 hours a day they're probably playing video games you know as part of their work day but they also have to make sure that they exercise and they all have to make sure that you know they're they're taking time out and away from screens and things like that so yeah it's, it's really like there's a couple of um there's high performance centers at sydney cricket ground and places like that catering to these people so yeah it's, it's really really fascinating there's lots of amateur competitions the kids can enter and then, you know it progresses its way through to professionals so incredible time we live in 
no, who'd have thought? <laughs> who'd have thought that uh, gaming would be going this far? But um, thank you so much for your amazing insights today. It's such an intriguing Pleasure. topic. Um, and obviously technology is not going anywhere. So we'll just Correct. Kind of, uh, make healthy choices. I had a guest on the show that uh, gave a good analogy. It's like eating you know, food, use technology the same way. You've got to pick what's good technology and what's not, not so good technology and um, just limit yourself right. in certain areas. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good advice, Bree. So, yeah, well, to meet you. And yeah, nice thank you so much for sharing your insights today. Okay, pleasure. The weird, the wacky, and the wonderful in the world of parenting. All right, sometimes our children can't stand the thought of us leaving the room for two seconds and it results in them crying when we return, until we return, sorry. Sometimes when we return, depends on how old they are, I guess. Uh, But a mom in Japan has come up with a genius way to stop her little one crying when she leaves the room. She's created a life-size cardboard cutout of herself, which she places at the doorway of the room her little boy is playing in to trick him into thinking she's always there watching him. I guess parents will try anything to gain some peace and quiet. And honestly, this is the best idea I've ever heard of. Um, Just maybe make sure the cutout is out of reach of your little one. I can only imagine their terror when they find out that you are a very thin cardboard cutout clone. So, uh, yeah, hilarious. All right, who needs child leashes when you have a weighted toddler tamer? So although the toddler leashes do work a treat, I've used them myself, um, but they're not the best conversation starter when out in public and people do often stare at you thinking you horrible parent having your dog, your uh, dog, your child on a leash like a dog, but uh, they've never obviously had a runaway child and they don't know what it's like. I did. It was horrible. Uh, so these toddler tamers, they're an ankle weight that helps your little one stay in place and slow them down from their well-known sprint offs. And no, they're not a metal ball and chain that you see in cartoons to stop the bad guys from running away. Think more of pool floaties, but for your legs. Now, let's have a closer look at these toddler tamers. You'll realize that they're just a gag gift for the soon-to-be mother, okay? So, but hey, if they do the job, I'm more for it. All right, every problem has a solution, and this dad is the perfect example of this. The father in Singapore has designed a shirt with train tracks printed on the back in specific spots to create the perfect massage track. So after spending many hours behind the computer, he decided a nice massage after work every day could do wonders. So he even included destination signs that need left shoulder and lower back so he can soon direct his son where he needs to massage the most. What a great idea. If you're loving the PacMag Parenting Podcast, then you'll love our other channels. Follow PacMag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Pinterest. It's time for Bree's Give It A Go Challenge. All right, for this week's Give It A Go Challenge, I want you to do one activity that takes your mind off things for the week. So we can often relate to, you know, distractions or something bad or a habit we should break. However, distractions can also be a good thing. So doing something, something to distract yourself like watching a movie, listening to music or drawing allows your brain to focus on something else and that can reduce stress, anxiety and reduce pain. So give that one a go. Pack Mag's tip of the week. So are you someone who always seems to forget to water your plants? Well, today's tip is going to help you. So all you have to do is cut out the bottom of a large plastic bottle and prick any tiny holes towards the, the lid and place the neck of the bottle under the dirt in near your plant, fill it with water, and the tiny holes will release the water slowly resulting in a perfectly watered plant, apparently. So 
There you go. Tip of the week. I'm going to try that one because I've got lots of brown plants in my house. It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? All right, we learned lots today. Uh, number one was because our children are so familiar with games, this makes it a great platform to track data and help find an illness they may not have realized that they have. So like Raylene had mentioned, our children don't realize their hearing is getting tested. As to them, it's just another game. So, And the laser eye example game uh, that then trains your child to use both eyes, eyes instead of using uh, for three weeks, an eye patch or something like that. So there's some really cool uh, things happening in the gaming world. Number two was using games within the classroom. It's quite common now and a great way to teach children a fun and interactive way, but it's also a safe place to fail. So gaming, you know, children can see the mistakes and do the game again to practice to try again without impacting test results. And, you know, for some reason, they're quite keen to keep trying again and again. So there you go. I didn't didn't think about it before, but it is true. I think gaming does teach children, uh, you know, that persistence and uh, a great way so that they are happy to fail. Number three, when making a game, there are so many different jobs available to, that go into this from uh, artists, coders, designers, voice actors. There's so many uh, new careers that are happening from this industry. So if your child is interested in becoming a professional gamer or entering this industry uh, behind the scenes, there are so many careers that can lead them into the gaming world. Well, that's the end of another show. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as my team and I enjoyed pulling it together for you. A big thank you to everyone who's made the podcast possible, especially our very lovely friend Raylene for coming onto the show. Uh, so until next time, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.